In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the topic of the way of love. How do we represent the love of God? This conversation was originally recorded in June of 2022. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. today on June 10th, 2022. We miss you. Uh, and uh, our group that's here is going to have a great conversation about the way of love. Um, this week in my seminary job, um, I, I uh, last week I, I put together, I've been putting together for quite some time, a what's called a self-study, a self-paced study, which is a course that you put online that, that has multiple lessons and the students go through it at their own pace and do their own work. And it's really hard to put together. And uh, I put together a completely new class that uh, is about the practice of missional theology. So it, it's a combination of theology and practice. And I did it, I put it together with another professor. Uh, and uh, anyway, the point I'm, I'm going down that road with is that this week as part of our class, one of the authors of one of the missional theology books, uh, a book just entitled Missional Theology is Dr. John Frankie, who is a theologian that uh, we, the other professor and I both really, really enjoy and, uh, and has, we've done things with him before and know him personally. And we did an interview with him. And so we just interviewed him around what is missional theology? Uh, so just, just a little bit of background. I'm sorry, you're, you're going to get a little, so missional theology, missional theology people say that missional theology is the mother of all theologies, that all theologies flow out of missional theology. So mission is not just one of the things we do. It's at the heart, the center of what we do. And missional theology people would say that God is in fact a missional God, that in God's very nature, God is missional. Uh, that, yeah, that, and that therefore we as disciples are to align our lives with the missional God that we live missional lives. We live lives on mission with God. And so some of the, the kind of basic and foundational questions, so, so if God is a missional God, then what's, what's the mission of God? <laughs> what's, what's God about? And uh, Dr. Frankie, in his book, said it in some ways that I completely agree with, but he, but he just said it really different than I normally say it. And the way he said it deeply impacted me, and I really, really, really like it. And, and so 
I'm, I, obviously, I'm giving you the the really kind of the 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 briefest of briefs around it, and his thinking is way deeper than mine. But Frankie uh, believes that at its root, so what we know most about God is God is love. And so we interpret what what does the love of God look like? Well, God's in the business of loving everyone and everything, and God's in the business of of God's love is about everybody experiencing well-being, no matter who they are or where they are. That there that there is well-being, and in faith walking language and in Ken Schumann language, we would call that wholeness that God is about wholeness. And, but Frankie starts with that, with that premise, which I really, really like that, that God is love. And therefore the mission of God is to make sure that the entire world is loved to make certain that the entire world experiences the well-being love of God. And, and recognize I'm interpreting Frankie. So don't blame Frankie. Uh, this is Ken Schumann's interpretation. So I'm going to read a few things that I've written because sometimes that's clearer. So God is love. And love is, the, is central to the mission of God in the world. And, the, and, and so this is what I say. So the way of love is God's way. At its root and at its simplest, if you want to know how to align your life with God, align your life with the way of love. So then this is kind of a, a compilation of some thoughts from Dr. Frankie. Humans were created in the image of God, who is love. So therefore, humans are created in the image of God to seek the well-being of their fellow humans. So we're created in the image of God. We're created as loving beings to seek the well-being of all of humanity, to love each other and to serve each other. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to tie some language with that. So therefore, the kingdom of God, when the kingdom comes, the kingdom is a place of love where everybody is served and loved well. And Dr. Frankie uses this phrase to talk about it. He says the kingdom of God and, and this way of love is where everyone has enough and no one has to be afraid. And I invite you to imagine a world where everyone has enough and nobody has to be afraid. Could you imagine a world where no one needs to be anxious about anything? And so that, that is the kingdom and that is the mission of God. A world where everyone has enough, where no one needs to be afraid, where everyone is loved and, and there's well-being for all. And you and I are invited to join with God in God's mission of love. I love that. I love that. But here's the problem. 
So what do you believe about sin? Well, and and so I, I put my little personal twist on this, but humans then are, are we're created and we're called to be loving people on mission with a loving God. So humans then either intentionally choose to ignore the, the loving way of God, and some do, or we simply drift away from the life of love and the loving way of God. And sin means to not reflect the loving way of God. So when humans do not reflect the loving way of God, they are sinning. Which is fascinating for me because in my first formation, I was taught that sin was all about morality. And sin was all about, uh, you know, the, this list of things that we don't do as followers of God. But what if this idea that sin is not living a life that is reflective of the loving way of God? In, in the news and, and in, in stories in our world today, there are, are a whole lot of folks that think, well, no, sin is morality, and therefore we have to attack immorality. And when we do that, we're not loving. So it's interesting to me that many people believe, well, I've got to attack these these morality issues, because that pleases God when I attack other people for being immoral. But what if this is true? And, and what if, well, but that's not loving. And what if God mostly wants us to reflect the loving way and the loving part of God? And I realized the argument would be, well, we, we denounce this immorality and that's loving. And I want to suggest, no, it's not loving. It's, it's you being mad about what you think God's mad about. Well, what if God's not bad about that stuff? So then to repent would mean to, to repent of my non-loving way of being and then to realign my life in a way that more accurately reflects the loving heart of God. This way of love. So when I confess my sin, I'm confessing that I'm not loving. I'm, I'm not reflecting the loving. I'm not for well-being for everybody. And I repent of that because I, I want to align my life with, with, with your way. So the way of love is the way of Jesus, and the way of love and the way of Jesus is the way of the kingdom, and so I'm invited to align my life with the way of love, which is the way of Jesus, which is the way of the kingdom. Is that making sense so far? It made a ton of sense to me, and it really impacted me. So then Okay, so what does that mean in real life? What does that look like? How do, we, how do we live it out? 
And so I, I listed, I just listed in my own reflection and in the reflections of Dr. Frankie, I listed 10 things. And, and this is, I'm going to list them as this and not that. Okay. So first of all, the first thing, if I'm going to align my life with the loving way of Jesus, I seek the well-being of everyone rather than only seeking the well-being of me and those like me. So I'm not selfish and I'm not self-serving and self-seeking, but I, I seek the well-being of everybody. That's number one. Uh, by the way, I'll, I'll give you my notes, y'all. You don't have to write everything down. Uh, Judith, I see you furiously writing it all, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Jerry. But I, I'll gladly, y'all just shoot me an email. I'll give you my notes, okay? Um, second, what does love look like? Love looks like humble service to others, not arrogant domination of others or casual indifference toward others. So I humbly serve others as an act of love rather than arrogantly dominating in order to be served or just casually being indifferent, serving only myself. That's a pretty long one. Let me give you another one. Third, the loving way of Jesus is generous, not greedy. I believe, men and women, one of the greatest sins of our day is greed. That one of the causes of, of, of an enormous amount of our anxiety uh, is we want more or we want to protect what we've got. And it's, it's greediness. And so love, the loving way is the way of generosity and not greed. Four, the loving way is hospitable inclusion, not exclusion or marginalizing. So rather than saying, oh, no, you're not welcome, you don't belong, you're not included, it's inclusive because what I believe is Jesus was inclusive. Jesus included people that had been excluded from the non-loving empire that they were about. Jesus never marginalized people. Jesus was always welcoming and hospitable. So that's number four. I could preach a whole sermon there. Five. The way of love is the way of forgiving. It's not vengeful or violent. It's the way of forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses, just like we forgive those who trespass against us. So forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel. Okay. We get forgiven, but we then are to emulate the forgiveness of God by forgiving the other people that offend us and that do harm to us. Forgiveness. Number six, the way of love is the way of justice for everyone, not oppression. 
everyone gets treated right and fair. There are certain segments of society that don't get treated equally or that get treated as less than because of their skin color or because of their belief system. Number seven, the way of love is the way of loving even our enemies and not hating our enemies. And I want to confess, I don't know how to do that very well. How do, how do we love our enemies? But I'm absolutely convinced. It's, I mean, it's clear that's the way of Jesus because Jesus said it. Love your enemies. Number eight, the way of love is the way of restoring wholeness in individuals and in systems, not perpetuating brokenness. It's restoring wholeness, not perpetuating brokenness. When I perpetuate brokenness, it's not loving. When I when I keep relationships broken, when I keep uh, when I when I keep arguing and and being divisive, which doesn't mean I don't clearly define myself. It doesn't mean I don't clearly take a stand. But when I just keep things stirred up and broken, that's not the way of love. Number nine. The way of love is liberating, not controlling or enslaving. So the way of love is it's, it's, it's releasing people. It's releasing them from the things that have them bound up, and it's not binding people up. The way of slavery is not the way of love. And so none of us have slaves, but we are, we can be controlling. And, and when we're controlling, it's not the way of love. And number 10, this one's going to be long because I have to flesh it out fully, but, but you'll recognize it. You've heard it before. The way of love is a Sabbath way of life where we trust that we have enough and that we are enough. The way of love is a Sabbath way of life where we trust that we have enough and that we are enough. And, and it's not a life of constant pressure, anxiety, restlessness, comparison, and shame. So the way of love is a Sabbath way where I trust that I have enough, there'll be enough, I am enough, I've done enough. And, and the loving way is not this life of constant pressure and anxiety and restlessness, comparing myself to other people and shaming myself or shaming others. When we shame, it's not the way of love. So that's what I believe. I'm sure there are other things that could be added to that list. And I'm sure there are plenty of ways to say that differently or to say it the way you think about it. But I want to come back to the, to the core, which is what if the mission of God for your life is to reflect the image of God 
to reflect the way of Jesus, to reflect the kingdom, which is the, the way of love. What, what if the way, what if the mission of God is for you to reflect the love of God better where you live, where you work, where you play? And when you don't love well, that that's the place of sin. That's where you miss the mark. You know, that's what sin means, to miss the mark. You miss the target. Why? Because the target is love. Recognizing we're all imperfect at it, but that that's the goal we're trying to attain. We're trying to align our lives so that all day, every day, I reflect the image of the God of love. And what I want to say to you, group is, and what I believe is that the wounds of our past, our vows and our shame and our reactivity to anxiety are what mar the image of God from being seen. And so if we do the work that faith walking works on about dealing with our wounds and dealing with our anxieties and dealing with our shame and, and learning about self-differentiation and all of those things, that that prepares us and enables us to align with the way of love much more, much more frequently and much better because we've gotten some of the things that keep us unloving out of the way. I think I'm done. I just started a new book this week called Surrender to Love. Okay. And it's all, it's by David Benner and it's all about uh -huh. spiritual growth and, and representing Christ. And we can't represent Christ if we don't surrender to love ourselves. If we don't accept love and we don't accept love most of the time because of the shame. And like you said, mm -hmm. our formative years are what mm -hmm. we've been taught. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I'm really trying to work on myself because like you said it's difficult how do you love your enemies or people that have hurt you yeah but I'm seeing some personal growth there in myself in my relationships I've hit some real bad lows over the past month but in relationship but it caused me to seriously focus on kind of what would Jesus do you mm -hmm. know at this moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and practicing those steps rather than take revenge rather than angrily you know speak out has right. actually started coming um it doesn't always work out but i'm seeing these relationships evolve and we're getting closer instead of uh distancing ourselves and it's causing us all to work harder at it yeah that's really good brenda um two, two thoughts emerge for me as you say all that one is the way of love is counterculture and, and unfortunately, group, I'm going to say this also, it's countercultural even for most Christian churches. We don't know the way of love. We know the way of vengeance. We know the way of violence. We know that way really well. But, but we don't know the way of love very well. And the second thing that I want to say real quick uh, in response to you, Brenda, is you highlighted the idea that in order to reflect the love of God well, we must learn to love ourselves well. I'm absolutely convinced of it, folks, that loving others flows out of our own love for ourselves, which is addressing our shame voice. Uh, unless we address our own shame, we won't love well. Jerry. 
So the first thought that came to my mind early on as you started speaking, even as you defined sin the way that mm -hmm. you did, is this is offensive. People will find this offensive. People will get up and walk out of church. Yeah. If you stand there and say, the way of love is to humbly serve others. The way mm -hmm. of love is justice. The way of love is inclusion. Mm -hmm. And and so I think it boggles, it absolutely kind of blows my mind <laughs> as we call ourselves disciples of Christ. Yep. But yet we fail to we fail to practice the ways of Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is going to offend. This is offensive. It, yeah. It, it is, Jerry. You're right. And, and if it wasn't for faith walking, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it out loud. Yeah. I might believe it inside, but I wouldn't say it out loud. Faith walking has enabled me to have the courage to say what I really think and believe. And this is, the, this is what I believe is the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about living a missional life, that this is what I'm talking about. I believe that we are to align our lives with the way of love. Uh, I, I, I want to say also, so, you know, systems produce exactly what they were designed to produce. And so I, I want to say to us, the church is the fault for why we're not loving, because we produced unloving people. So we have to figure out a way to change the system, change the design of the system of, of church, quote unquote, if we want to produce a different result. And so for me, that's, that's why I believe so deeply in what we do in faith walking. We're, we're, this is a different system. And we're holding up a different way. And yeah, it's offensive. And, and guess what? Jesus said it will, would be. My way is going to be offensive. You unmuted. So that means you want to say something else. Go well, for it. It, re it reminds me of a comment that Dallas Willard made in that the church makes wonderful churchgoers. Mm -hmm. It does a very poor job of making disciples. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Right. Right. Because because we've made following Jesus more about what we believe up here mm -hmm. rather than how we live our lives. And and I say it over and over. Jesus invited people to be followers. Yes. Before he invited them to be believers. Mm. Come follow me. Come follow my way. And somewhere along the way, maybe you'll become a believer. But come be an apprentice. Judith? Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to say anything. And then Jerry mentioned Dallas Willard. And, um, and then you just used the word apprentice. And that fit in with um, exactly what I wanted to say um, or was thinking of saying. Um, I've been a part of a book club with Renovare. I, this is one mm -hmm. of um, mm -hmm. Richard Foster's uh, book club things and we've been reading renovations of the heart by dallas willard we finished last night yeah you like it jerry i can tell yeah um 
And there was a conversation that came up as we finished the last two chapters. Um, and I sat there and listened. The, the second to last chapter is the one called The Children of Light and the Light of the World. And I joined a little late because I was in a coaching session with um, Ken and LaSalle um, for module four. And they were talking about Willard's comments about, I, I don't wanna read the whole thing, um, but with social relations, the children of light are those who do not conceal their thoughts and feelings, nor do they impose them on everyone. Because of their con confidence in God, they do not try to manipulate and manage others. And, and it went on to talk about how we do that with um, people with whom we disagree, um, especially in the church with spiritual matters. And, and the, the subject of gay rights kind of came up um, and um, I sat there and I listened for a long time and, and you know I'm Episcopalian and you know um, our church has perhaps a different view of things than maybe others. Um, but it was breaking my heart to hear some of the comments. Um, and, and I finally felt a real nudge that I needed to say something. And I started out by saying, you know, I may have mentioned that I've dealt with anxiety and depression for the last three years. And, um, and at the beginning of that, people that cared about me gave me things to do that they thought would help, things like going for a walk or um, writing a note to a friend or listening to music. And, and because they loved me, I could receive what they were saying, but I knew that they never had walked in depression and anxiety because mm. I had no motivation to do a darn thing. Mm. Um, and, and, and I knew that they just didn't, they, they hadn't felt that. They didn't know what it was like. And I said, I have many friends that are gay um, in the church, priests and, um, and serious about their faith. And I have not a clue what it would be like to walk in their shoes. I've never felt that to be in a body that doesn't match what our culture says it should. Um, and, and so I can't, I can't go there um, because I want to love them. And it changed the conversation. And I've never spoken out before like that. I, um, Ken, if we hadn't talked right before then, I probably wouldn't have been able to, but I think the Holy Spirit went, time to speak, Judith. Um, and, and I wasn't sure how it was gonna be received. This is a group of people that are closer in age to me um, from con more conservative um, churches in, in some cases. Um, and yet it was received really well. Um, and what some at the end, somebody else said, Judith, I'm so glad you spoke up because I have friends that are gay too, and I want to love them. And, um, and one of the people that I thought was going to be most critical sent me a friend request on Facebook after that, um, yeah. which I, I wasn't expecting. Um, anyway, I think part of that is being willing to live into the kingdom and maybe we look at it differently, but I, um, I think that idea of inclusion and the way of love is absolutely right on. Um, and it's not gonna be easily accepted in the church because it is saying things that we've heard differently for years and years. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm done. It's good, Judith. You don't have to be done. Yeah, it's good. You're right. And, and so, yeah, what, what does it most look like to, to love people we disagree with? Um, what, what does it look like 
to to humbly hold our own beliefs in a way that says, yeah, and I have beliefs and I believe I'm passionate, but I can still be loving. Well, what would it look like to, you know, to have love as the primary motivator rather than anger and, and reactivity and, uh, and, and, and the church do, doesn't do this well. Uh, we we get violent also yeah our our violence isn't in that we shoot each other but i guarantee you we shoot each other with our mouths and we and we cut people off and we throw people out and we say you're not welcome because you're you're not a as pure a follower of jesus as i am and 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 i think what Dr. Frankie invites us to think about and what what we're talking about today is, yeah, and what if we're measuring what a good Christian is by the wrong measurement? And what if the proper measurement is how well do you love? How well do you love people with whom you disagree? How well do you love and and are you concerned about the well-being of everybody? Uh, because God is, and I'm convinced God is, and I'm convinced that God is concerned about our lack of concern. Uh, a few weeks ago, we, 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 we looked at Isaiah 58, and in Isaiah 58, it's all about God saying through his prophet, I'm concerned that you're not concerned. <laughs> you know, I'm concerned that you don't care, that you don't give a flip that there are people being oppressed and excluded and taken advantage of, and you're all consumed with yourself. And I'm concerned about that. And, and, and that stirs me, Ken Schumann, up because I, I want my heart to break for the things God's heart breaks for. I want my heart to be in sync with God's heart because I believe that's what a follower of Jesus is. And I believe that's the way of, of love. Judith, when you were talking, the first thing I thought of in those, those moments of discretion, you know, when you don't know if you're going to offend somebody or not, and you want to pull out scripture and just, you just want to be on target. And the only thing I could think of, what I always think of when facing those situations is that God asks us to love. That's a commandment. Love your name, love your neighbor. He doesn't say love this neighbor because they're, uh, gay or straight or love this this one over here because they attend church all the time or um they're more educated or whatever the case is you get where i'm going with that he just says love love yeah yeah i, I think that's what keeps me grounded really grounded you know uh, because i mean i've dealt with that issue in, in my life for a long time um uh, with uh, one of my daughters you know mm -hmm. and 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 uh, she's probably one of the most loving people I've ever met in my life. And, and, and she amazes me. And, and I've seen her go through horrible treatment, you know, yeah. because mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes me sad that, that Christians act so unloving mm -hmm. like that at times. But mm -hmm. even then, I'm trying to be patient and love those mm -hmm. that are acting like that. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I can understand why, because the church has taught certain things for so long. We've made these rules to follow rather mm -hmm. than um, try to walk in one another's shoes. It, mm -hmm. it, you know, I know, I know now what depression and anxiety feels like. I don't know yeah. what other things might feel like, but if I try to imagine it, um, then I can be more loving because I realize I, I don't have a clue. I'm not walking in that place. Right. Michelle? Um, a couple of quotes from a book um, that I've read. Um, and I don't, it, the topic of the book is homosexuality and it's not just that, but I think like these quotes mention that, but I think it's wider than that. It says, um, if the church is ever going to solve this issue, it needs to stop seeing it as an issue. Homosexuality is not an issue to be solved. It's about people who need love, to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we can take that on a wider scale, like the world is full of people that need to love and be loved. Um, yeah. And then another challenge, what would happen if Christians were known more by their radical, otherworldly love for gay people than their stance against gay sex? Yeah, yeah. And just really thought, but just not not just the issue of homosexuality. We could put anything in there, um, and that challenge to be loved, and that challenge That's to true. love as we share our faith as well. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking that, like when I first became a Christian, one of the things I did was all the fear of not going to heaven. What was going to happen when I died? I wasn't introduced to a God who loved me as much mm -hmm. as I was introduced to a, a God to be afraid of. Yeah. If you didn't do a thing, um, you wouldn't get to heaven. And it wasn't until like, I walked away from God and then came back that I realized that he was a God of love who was pursuing me rather mm. than um, one that was going to take his anger out on me. Mm. Um, mm. And it just made me think, who, who do I represent to people? Yeah. Who, who are my people as I share what I do or what I say? You know, I'm reflecting God well. Um, am I talking of his love rather than his judgment? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, very challenging. It, it, it is. Um, and yet, you know what? It's also simple. I mean, it, it's really challenging because I grew up on the God of judgment also, Michelle. I grew up, I, my first formation was in church where, where and I'll, I'll just put it this way, where they tried to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> and they did it really well. You know, I, who wants to go to hell? No, I don't want to go there. But, but the image of God as love and welcoming and including and concerned about the well-being of everybody, not just their soul getting out of a fiery hell and into heaven, but about their life and about their well-being. Uh, I, I didn't get that. And so I had to be converted. I had to repent. I mean, uh, was I saved? Yeah, I was saved way back when. But I had to I had to be converted to belief in a God 
that was different than my first formation taught me. So. Yeah, just a couple of things. I mean, I, um, just in, in what we've been talking about, it's so, I find it to be such a compelling vision mm -hmm. um, that if I'm focusing there, uh, it's compelling. And um, it, um, you know, I remember an old movie, you know, because I'm a million years old, uh, back in the back in the fifties, called Magnificent Obsession. Uh, it's different from this, you know. It wasn't really a Christian movie, but it, but it was about people who had an obsession for being totally generous and and giving away everything. So it's a, it's it's a movie worth seeing. Uh, but but I've never forgotten it because that the whole concept of, of it being a magnificent obsession yeah. and uh, and so compelling and drawing. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess for me, I have to say the other thing is if I focus on what's lacking in the church, I find that unhelpful. Mm -hmm. uh, it sends me down a path of... Um, Frustration, depression, and judgment. Uh, I have to focus on how do I follow Jesus and how do, how do I keep um, that image before me of, um, of growing as an image bearer? And then how do, how do I love within the context of the church that I'm a part of? Mm -hmm. uh, and how do I encourage in that place? Mm -hmm. um, and encourage others in that vision. Uh, but I I, I'm just talking about me. I have to be very careful about getting real negative about the church. Absolutely. Uh, it, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't work for me, mm -hmm. uh, even though I completely understand it. Sure. Uh, but I, but I, love, I love what we're talking about. And um, yeah. Good. And even though, you know, there's, there is a lot countercultural. There's a lot countercultural for me about that. At the root of it, it's simple. It is. It is. It's simple. <clears throat> and I, I love that that you said uh, that you talked about how compelling the vision of that is. So um, I'm glad. Um, and yeah, I. I I don't sit in criticism of anyone. I, I sit as a, as a person on the journey, as an apprentice myself, who's learning how to align my life with that way of love better and better and better. Uh, and I still have a ton of progress I need to make because I don't do it very well. Yeah. It's a great conversation group. Uh, obviously, with our uh, even small numbers, we used up all the time. And uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for your contribution and thoughts. And for you that will be listening to this recording, um, I don't know what I want to say other than we are committed to align our lives with the loving way of Jesus, uh, who represents uh, uh, a loving God, and we believe that that will change the world, and we believe it's supposed to, and 
I love, again, so the compelling vision of the way of love is where I want to hitch my wagon to. So thank you all for being here and uh, for the conversation. And um, I'll see you next week. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.